Good evening, and welcome to Linking the Wealth. I'm your host, Akindale Akinyemi, and I am the president and CEO of the Global African Business Association. And tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about a wake-up call to Africans nationwide. So you know, for the past six years, the Global African Business Association have been on a quest to develop a comprehensive global community within our global hubs. Part of our core strategy has always been developing smart public policy that will impact the future of both the United States and its relation as it pertains to international trade with Sub-Saharan Africa. We as an association strongly feel that this is critical to help restart failing urban communities whose tax base has fallen over the past decade or so. However, with the impactful wins right here in Michigan of folks being reelected like Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib in the 13th Congressional District, and now in the Michigan 3rd District State Representative House um, seat, Sri Thanadar, an Indian American, and Abraham Ayash, who also won a Yemeni who won his race in the fourth uh, state house district here in Michigan. Both of those districts, by the way, are in Detroit. Not only they've been able to unite Arab Americans and Indian Americans across the country with, with their wins, but unite others across the racial and immigrant spectrum. For example, as a practicing immigration attorney, Rashida Tlaib understands the deep impact of how immigration affects undocumented immigrants and social justice issues that impact the poor. With that said, I strongly feel that it's time that Africans, especially Nigerians here in the United States, start moving in a 21st century way of handling politics in the United States. While we continue to run candidates for office, too many times we have failed to invest in our candidates. It's amazing how we know where the next 50th birthday party is within our community of the next Holy Ghost revival. But we can't invest in a candidate that will help shape our public policy agenda. In many cases, we simply do not understand politics in the United States, let alone how to move public policy to empower our community at large. After being here for over 40 years, we should not only control specific markets like the Indians, who control 40% of the hospitality business in the U.S., Uh, information technology companies and Dunkin' Donuts franchises, or Arabs who control gas station, liquor stores, and etc. Or the Chaldeans, who are now controlling the cannabis industries in places like Michigan. But we should also have better engagement on how the political process works as it pertains to leverage and strategic planning. I mean, think about it. We as Africans, or, or as in particular Nigerians, need to create our own niche markets in franchising nursing homes, assistant living, real estate brokerage firms like uh, Keller Williams and Century 21, fast food franchising with African food, markets and information security companies that will help give us business and economic leverage in the US to provide a voice for us. It's inexcusable for Africans not to corner the charter and cyber school markets here in the United States, especially where African immigrants have the highest educational attainment here in the United States. We need to understand that tribalism will not empower us to the next step in the African community. Oftentimes we see various groups trying to duplicate each other's agenda 
in many cases put us in a chokehold in terms of public policy because we have not engineered ourselves to play political chess. Chess in this game is one with money, power, leverage, and strategy. In addition, the tribalism and division between organizations and people within our community has hurt us. And while other ethnic groups experience the same things as us, the main difference between us and them is the fact that they are able to push aside their tribal differences and understand that they live in, a, in America that is hostile towards their faith, which is most of the time Islam. We saw this with the primary election that took place right here in the state of Michigan, where the Bangladeshi and the Yemeni communities came together to elect Abraham Ayash and other Arab and ethnic groups came together to reelect Rashida Tlaib. Our African community must do the same, but we need to impact the local levels of government first to create a movement. Africans must strategically begin to take over the boards and commissions in a municipality like what has happened in New York, New Jersey, and in recent times, Inkster, Michigan. Why the boards and commissions, I say? This is the core where public policy is developed and executed first prior to a vote on city council. In addition, local levels of government can be used to develop business incentives, STEM-based industries, health ecosystems, agricultural business, cultural arts development, and most importantly, giving our women a real opportunity to build their micro enterprises to develop a tax base. We have to be serious about our work and not use it for glitz and glamour. Understanding the demographics of the community in which you reside in is key for us to not only win future elections, but to create a political wall enforced by small businesses in the African community. For instance, in Hamtramck, Michigan, the Bangladeshi and the Yemeni communities have come together on one foundation, which is, 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 is uh, the religion of Islam. Regardless of their culture and geographic differences, they have learned to use economic development as a leverage tool to ensure themselves a position at the policy table. African faith-based organizations have a stake in this as well. However, we must do more than Holy Ghost services, worship, and images that do not look like us in passing the plate. Social entrepreneurship is an absolute must with our faith-based organizations that would not only lead to address critical issues like water and women empowerment, but housing and job placement. Not only we are powerless in a political arena, but powerless from the altar as it relates to utilizing our faith and principles to create real opportunities for new African immigrants here in the United States. So while our African communities resist investing into cities like Inkster, Michigan, because of the crime or the tax base, the same Arabs and Chaldeans will move into these areas to improve it without hesitation and financially invest in these poor communities while we sit and complain. There is nothing to complain about when you refuse to make the effort to support the candidate or public policy issues in our community. It's time out for parties unless we are raising money to develop a scholarship fund for our children in higher education majoring in the STEM fields. In terms of Nigeria, it is a nation that is important to the global scale of things. We complain so much over barbaric behavior 
that oftentimes we miss the biggest story on what Nigerians and American can do to develop a link between our respective states back home and here in the United States. We can go through political trainings and boot camps, but we do not have a strategic measure to engage the current population in terms of making them stakeholders with our causes. Then we're just taking a walk in the park by ourselves. We simply fail at linking African businesses with public policy to position us to win. For us as Nigerians, we come from a rich culture, a rich history and empowering wealth that has reshaped the world a hundred times over. But let's face it, all of us are not going back to Nigeria to save it, and we are raising our children here in the United States. We can pontificate over what needs to be done in Nigeria here in the United States, but it doesn't matter if we do not have a st serious strategic plan to execute it. Therefore, if we are serious about moving the Federal Republic of Nigeria in the right direction, then we need to start here in the United States with executing the best practice practices locally and statewide in developing a comprehensive network that would not only reshape educational models, but reshape small business development that will move us in the right direction. You cannot push the Americans over for the Chinese because Americans have been too, too slow to invest in Africa. We still do not realize that both groups are in the same bed exploiting you off our ignorance and our wealth. So here's my strategy for our community to get this ball rolling. Number one, in order to draft smart public policies in our local county and state governments, we have to create an ecosystem that will give us leverage. The African business owners should meet with their investors and experienced political strategists to help draft public policies that we can introduce in a city council or state assembly. Number two, who are our allies on our respective city councils, our county commissions, our school boards, or state assemblies to introduce these laws? Remember, the purpose of introducing these bills is to get a return on investment for our African communities. Number three, if we are going to run a candidate, that person should be vetted before uh, filing for office he or she wants to run for. In addition, that person should know their audience. Number four, Africans throw multiple parties in any state. Nigerians alone have over 50 plus cultural associations in any state, own restaurants and faith-based networks. Therefore, a standard of 5% of donations should go towards the candidate we support. Number five, micro-targeting is arguably the most valuable new technologies of political campaigns. Sometimes it's not about how much money you raise, but what you do with your money to reach the voters. Implement, get out the vote, and persuasion targeting messaging, selection, and fundraising. Number six, we should only focus on issues, not the candidates, as most terrestrial media outlets must remain neutral. This includes building a media web with local African television outlets. Listen, African individualism is a rampant cancer within our community that keeps us powerless, helpless, and hopeless. No one is going to save us but us. We need to get serious about our purpose and vision. Thank you. Good evening. And welcome to Linking the Wealth. I'm your host, Akindale Akinyemi, and I'm the president and CEO of the Global African Business Association. <laughs>
Tonight we're going to talk about developing a master plan for sustainable energy communities. I just want to remind folks that the local urban communities in America are natural wealth builders with the ability to leverage not just states, but entire countries economically if we learn to use our vision for greater good as opposed to the greater greed. In this day and age, our cities should reflect the 21st century, especially when it comes to sustainable energy production. I'm not a person who likes to engage in the politics of sustainable energy, but instead, I want to leverage an energy policy to help empower local communities with a new workforce that will help, help sustain local communities like Inkster, Michigan, Ecorse, Michigan, Benton Harbor, and other communities that are within our GABA network. Renewable and sustainable energy technologies, just like STEM, are needed to help rebuild local urban communities to prosperity. It is our responsibilities as visionaries on this journey to lead and strive to build a talented and globally competitive workforce, a vibrant economy, and a great quality of life, an effective, efficient, and accountable government that works for the inner cities of America. There are several reasons why renewable energy and technology are needed in this day and age more than ever. When you look at environmental pollution, it hits the urban community harder than other communities. For example, if you've ever driven down on I-75 um, south of downtown Detroit, it's hard to miss the smell coming off the landscape of industrial stacks and facilities. Delray residents located in this highly industrialized area of southwest Detroit are neighbors with Marathon Oil, Great Lakes Steel, Detroit Edison, wastewater treatment plants, and a dozen other industrial facilities. Across Detroit and other local urban communities, there is a legacy of lead contamination and hazardous waste. Soil samples from lawns and nearby property reveal significantly high levels of lead. Studies show that among infants and young adults and young children, lead poisoning has been associated with development and behavioral disorders and juvenile delinquency. In addition, the situation in Flint, Michigan, with lead leaching into the water, has just killed off an entire generation. Three out of the five largest commercial hazardous waste landfills in the United States are mostly located in Black or Hispanic Latino communities. These landfills account for 40% of the nation's estimated commercial landfill space. Cities with large Black populations like St. Louis and Houston and Cleveland and Chicago, Atlanta, Memphis have the largest number of uncontrolled toxic waste sites. You know, about half of all Asian or Pacific Islanders and Native Americans live in communities with uncontrolled waste sites. Michigan, right here, leads the nation in terms of disparity between the percentages of people of color living within two miles of a hazardous waste facility compared to the percentage of minorities outside that radius. In other words, more than two-thirds of the people living near these sites are people of color, while fewer than 20% of those living outside of the two-mile um, radius are minorities. The most important thing I would like to drive tonight is the importance for the development of a renewable energy workforce in urban communities. Today, there has 
to be a sustainable energy strategy, which is designed to enable the human race to make the transition from historic fossil fuels, which dramatically improved the quality of life over the pre-industrial period to a new clean generation of energy, which will enable us in national security terms to be liberated from dependence of foreigners, enable us to, in economic terms, to be effective in worldwide competition, and enable us in environmental terms to provide for a much cleaner and healthier future. Let's face it, the use of coal and other industrial age technologies are a thing of the past. Instead, sustainable development involves balancing development uh, needs against the protections of the natural environment. In the future, it is likely that cities will be developed to minimize impact on the environment and to use renewable energy sources. Most cities controlled by black people do not have a sustainable energy plan within their municipality's master plan. Developing a sustainable energy execution plan should be embedded in the city's master plan to be economically sound for a city that is on life support. Some make fun at green jobs and green technology. Some can ask how wind energy can support the environment. The answer to that, to be honest with you, is competition. Wind energy produces electricity. There's a chance to contribute to the free market by way of producing sustainable green jobs through manufacturing. That would force other utilities to drive down the cost of utilities. When we look at local urban communities, they shouldn't be left behind in this movement. I mean, for example, renewable energy in the United States accounted for 13% of the domestically produced energy in, 20, in 2018 and 12% of the total energy generation. As of 2018, more than 140,003 uh, people work in the solar industry. When you look at the U.S. in terms of advanced energy market, it's roughly around $200 billion, nearly uh, double the revenue of beer, more than pharmaceutical manufacturing, and approaching wholesale consumer electronics. Advanced energy is a $1.4 trillion global industry, as big as fashion, twice the size of airlines, and close to worldwide spending on media and entertainment. And when you look at building efficiency, it's the largest advanced energy market segment with over $64 billion in revenue and 50% growth. Count only products for which we all have five years of data. State and regional uh, policies promoting energy storage push that industry to grow by a massive 1,200%. And electric sales, uh, vehicle sales grew to almost $5 billion. So why local urban communities must develop a workforce in renewable energy. Well, from a GABA perspective, we look at green force, the green, uh, green workforce um, that's continues to rise by 5%. The number of U.S. jobs in solar energy took overtook those in oil and natural gas extraction for, um, for the first time about three years ago, um, helping drive a global surge in employment and the clean energy business as fossil fuels uh, companies faltered. Um, employment in the U.S. solar business grew 12 times faster than overall job creation. And workforce in clean energy will grow to 24 million by 2030. So seriously investing in sustainable energy jobs mean new green collar jobs for local urban and middle class workers at a time when blue collar jobs are drying up or shipping out. 
solar panel manufacturer or green building construction worker, uh, sustainable forestry worker. These are all sustainable energy jobs. By their nature, green jobs are also local jobs, meaning that the money stays in the community and creates a, a multiplying effect for the local economy. You can't outsource a green job. A green job doesn't take toll on public health. Now, there is a challenge here, of course, when you look at boom times like the dot-com era didn't do much for communities of color or low-income workers. But green jobs requires a specialized skill set, giving workers who have been locked out of the old economy an opportunity to skill up and move to the front of the line of the jobs uh, for the new clean and green economy. As part of a local urban uh, community master plan, we need to incorporate what is called a sustainable enterprise zone. This is an area where green business and green collar employers are given incentives and benefits to locate and hire. This would be part of a comprehensive sustainable economic development plan distinguished by equal industrial parks. So let's go a little bit further. From our perspective in GABA, most local cities that are controlled by black people have in their city uh, having their city charter and city code, uh, the right to develop a municipal util utility company for their residents. So I just like to ask, why are we not doing this? How come our local urban communities are financially strapped when we have the tools in front of us to, to invest in a sustainable utility company to generate revenue for our communities? It is inex inexcusable for local urban communities not to become 100% sustainable in the next five to seven years. Let's take a look at Wyandotte, Michigan for a quick example. They have a geothermal utility that they are using for some residents in their city. Meanwhile, a group of residents in Leelano Township, Michigan, which is in Northwest Michigan, which includes the village of Northport, are finalizing the goal of becoming 100% clean energy uh, by the end of this year. What, cities, what are cities that are economically depressed in traditionally urban communities doing to reduce the cost of energy and increase the workforce in terms of jobs and sustainable energy? What are we doing to convert residential parks that we are not using in the inner cities to sustainable energy incubators? See, cities like cities in Michigan, like Inkster, Highland Park, Detroit, Ecorse, River Rouge, Saginaw, Muskegon Heights, Flint, um, and Pontiac, and even Benton Harbor, must invest in the renewable energy economy one that will create a new era of high-paying middle-class jobs and an investment that strengthens the overall economy by reducing government budgets and deficits. Therefore, we should re redirect our energy and focus on developing green communities that will include an optimistic and positive science and technology-based, entrepreneurial, marketed-oriented, incentive-led environmentalism that creates more solutions faster and that will result in more biodiversity with less pollution in a safer urban community. This is something important that should not be ignored. After all, what affects us in the inner city will affect us regionally. So it's time for us to move away from the industrial age and move into the information age with sustainable energy technology to restore local urban communities. Please visit our website at GABANetwork.com. That's G-A-B-A-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com for more information. Thank you.